coming up today on the Lead to Succeed podcast. The true leader is about influence. It's nothing more and nothing less because true leadership cannot be, you can't be awarded it. You can't be appointed or assigned. The true leader has to be earned and it is earned by your own inner self-discovery. It's about your own inner personal success. But the true success is when you have those that follow you. Do you want to learn the tricks the top leaders use to get the most out of themselves and their teams? Well, Naftali Hoff is here to help. Lead to Succeed picks the brains of top leaders to learn about their challenges, insights, and best practices. Here's Naftali. Hello, Lead to Succeed Nation. I'm Naftali Hoff, and welcome to Lead to Succeed, Episode 22. This episode's interesting fact is, according to the International Coaching Federation, there are an estimated 47,500 coaches serving clients worldwide with an aggregate income of about $2 billion. Our guest today is leading the coaching revolution and helping to bring leadership training to the forefront of our collective consciousness. Lolly Daskal is one of the most sought-after executive leadership coaches in the world. Her extensive cross-cultural expertise spans 14 countries, six languages, and hundreds of companies. Lolly is a top leadership speaker, and her writing has appeared in HBR, Inc.com, Fast Company, Huffington Post, and Psychology Today. She's also the author of the best-selling book, The Leadership Gap, What Gets Between You and Your Greatness. I am super excited to have Lolly on Lead to Succeed today, as I've been learning so much from her writing over the past few years and appreciate just how much she has given to the area of leadership development. Lolly, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Naftali, it's a real pleasure and a privilege to be here. I think the pleasure and privilege is all mine, but I really do appreciate it. And I want to get right into your book if I can, because I have read the reviews and it's really, I haven't read it yet, but I certainly want to get my hands on it soon. And I'm intrigued by the title because on the one hand, it clearly is a leadership title, The Leadership Gap. But then you talk about what gets between you and your greatness, which I see sort of as a broader conversation. And so I'm curious to know, tell us a little bit about the book, please. Tell us what motivated you to write it. And were there any unexpected lessons or feedback pieces that you picked up along the way? So that's, those are three questions in one. So if I don't remember- There are, yes. <laughs> I will circle back. Do not worry. Okay, thank you. So the book, The Leadership Gap, What Gets Between You and Your Greatness, is birthed from the system that I teach top leaders around the world. It's actually called the Rethink System. Rethink stands for seven acronyms for seven archetypes. When we think about leadership, most of us think about the leaders about what they do, how they do it, when they do it, and even why they do it. But the thing is, I realized a long time ago, many, many years ago, it's not so much about how you do things, when you do things, where you do them and why. It's the question of who you are doing those things that matters most. The question of who is not really asked in any leadership book. I know that because I read a leader, I read books every day. I have this thing, a ritual where every morning I read a book and it's based on different subjects. And I've never seen anything that mentions the who and how to concentrate on that who and what that who means. And so my book is based on the who. Now, people might be saying, which archetype do I need to be? Do I need to be all seven? Do I need to be the first one? Do I need to be the last one? And I've told you what's great about this book is that it gives you not only 
a code of conduct, but it gives you almost a roadmap to greatness because every single archetype comes with a virtue, comes with a value. And as human beings, we have to have all these seven virtues in order to be the best version of who we can be, in order to embrace our greatness. So basically, you have to embrace all seven of these archetypes to become the leader and the human being that you are meant to be in this world. The aha moment that most people got from reading this book, because they thought, wow, it's a leadership book. It doesn't, it doesn't pertain to me. I'm not yet a leader. What people found was even though the stories are about Fortune 500 CEOs and the struggles that they go to between their greatness and their gaps, every single person that has read the book has written to me and said, wow, Lolly, they struggle with what I struggle with. They struggle with self-doubt. They struggle with making decisions. They struggle with trust and confidence and loyalty and all those things that all of us struggle on a daily basis. And that's what makes this book not only a leadership book, but a human book. It's about how to live your life, the best life that you can. That's an incredible answer, Lolly. And I really thank you for that. You know, it's interesting because as I was developing Lead to Succeed and the whole concept of just adding another podcast to this space, which of course, as you can imagine, has many different voices in it. One of the things that I really wanted to bring home was the idea that leadership cannot be framed, despite the fact that you have certain ways, certain systems, and in this case, the seven archetypes, which sounds fascinating. And I'd love had time, you know, allowed us to, to really go very deep with that. But nonetheless, the idea that leadership is a, is a concept that is, number one, it's fluid. Number two, that no matter where you find yourself in your own continuum, whatever your specific position might be, we all have struggles and we all have to find ways by which to advance ourselves and move ourselves forward. And what I'm hearing as you're describing this is that not only is it important for you to get a sense of who you are, which I think is critical, but also to realize that no matter what it is that you Wherever you, you find yourself, however you plot yourself, so to speak, there are always going to be those challenges, no matter how successful you are. And it's necessary for whether you're listening to podcasts, reading books, finding ways to communicate with others, it's really critical for a person to be able to continue to persevere and to realize that there's no end to this. You know, that's it's it's just part of the journey that if you're going to grow and you're going to succeed, you just need to know that this struggle that you're describing is part and parcel of that process. So I think it's very encouraging for Lead to Succeed Nation, everybody who's listening to recognize that even the greatest leader struggle, that we can find inspiration from all levels within an organization. And most importantly, that we can really take inspiration from others and hopefully use that as we kind of move ourselves through our own personal journey. But Naftali, it's a little bit deeper than that. The thing that the leadership gap gives you is the identity that you have the choice. Most of us feel like we don't have many choices in our lives, but the leadership gap allows you to choose in the moment, are you going to stand in your greatness or are you going to lead from your gaps? So even though you can learn from others who they are, what about the individual that's listening today? What about them? What choices are they making? Because sometimes when we feel we don't have the power to choose, then we lose the control of our lives. And this gives you back the power. This gives you that you do have a choice. You can make a choice of who you are going to be. I love that. And thank you for that uh, 
whether we call it a correction or just a clarification. Either way, that's great because I think that that is important for us as we deal, like you said, in the moment and in the various struggles, we need to be able to make good choices. And I think that that's really uh, something that distinguishes those people who get stuck and those who find the best way forward. That was definitely not a correction. What I, what I, you said was brilliant, but I think that sometimes we have to go a little bit deeper in the answer so people can identify that they're part of the answer because it's about choice. We always have a choice. And what you said about learning from others and being fluid, that was brilliant. But know that in that fluidity and in your position today, you do have choices. Yes, and I agree with you. And then we, we really could spend a lot of time here because I think that, you know, as you think about, it, you know, if, you know, digging for examples and this kind of thing, you know, whether you're talking about, you know, your interactions with your peers, leading an organization or just having your own, let's call it internal thought processes and, of course, the demons and gremlins that come along with it, you know, it can be very difficult at times for people to know that they have the ability and the wherewithal to move forward with, you know, with the right decision and and break free and keep moving in the right general direction. So I, I thank you for that. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about your own journey because, of course, you have a very fascinating bio. And I was reading, reading about it before, and you've kind of touched on a variety of different backgrounds, cross-cultural experiences, 14 countries, different languages. So tell us a little bit, Lolly, how did you get to where you are today. A little bit about your history, but specifically, how did you become focused on leadership and how did you kind of develop the, the perspective that you're sharing with us as we're having our conversation? So thank you for asking that. Naftali, I didn't wake up one morning and decide I'm going to be a leadership coach. I didn't even have an idea about what I wanted to be. All I knew was that after reading Viktor Frankl's book, Search Man's Meaning, I knew that I had to concentrate on who I was going to be in the world. What I was going to do, I wasn't sure of. And the way I concentrated on the who was starting to teach things about human development. I really believe that most of us that end up to be teachers and coaches end up teaching what we need to learn ourselves. And I was teaching a workshop out in California, and it was filled with businessmen and women who wanted to just find peace of mind because they were in very, very, their lives were impactful of every moment. They were 24 seven around the clock working very hard and they were coming for a weekend to just relax and meditate and become grounded. And after one of the classes, an individual came over and said, Lolly, I'd like to speak to you. And I said, sure. He goes, you know, I'm having a problem with in my business. And for a moment, Naftali, I was thinking, his business? Like, why is he talking to me about his business? And for the for a second, I thought to myself, I'm not the person he should be talking to. But then I said, Lolly, just listen, do what you do best. And one of the things that I've done for, I do well, and I've been doing it for a long time is I'm a great listener. I can listen and I'm very good at asking questions. So our time spent together was about listening to him and asking him questions. And after the three-hour conversation, he looked at me and he said, I want you to be my coach. I want you to be my leadership coach. I want to be a thought leader in my industry, and I want you to be the person that takes me there. I feel so empowered by talking to you. I feel like I can do anything. 
And all I did, Naftali, was ask him questions and listen to him. I didn't fix his problem. I actually address this in my new book, The Leadership Gap, is that sometimes we become fixers. People come to us with their problems and immediately we jump in and tell them how to do things, when to do things. And what we do and we don't realize it is we might be coming across as we're arrogant. And so I decided instead of falling into my gap, I would lead with my greatness, which is to navigate navigate through this problem with him so I could empower him and he can trust me. And after he said, I want you to be my coach, I enrolled in every coaching course. Get, I got certification. I went into business classes and leadership courses. And still today, 37 years later, I still am doing certification. This weekend, I'm going to be certified and you know, just to learn and to grow in what I do. And I haven't stopped doing that since he said, I want you to be my coach. So every month I try to do something to grow my skills, my technique, my tools in order to be the best coach for my clients. Mm, wow. You answered my question and then some. That was awesome and some great gold for us to mine a little bit further if I can, because I think what, you know, the reason like we talked about that we, we have these conversations about leadership is because we not only want to talk about you know, the the things that are most obvious and how do you engage and whatnot, but how do we develop the relationships, I think, is a really critical piece as well. And you talked about being a great listener and somebody who just through asking questions ultimately got somebody to achieve greater clarity, to help them navigate through their difficult moments, and ultimately to work with you for a sustained period towards increased success. And I think that when we're talking about leadership, we really, as leaders, need to be focused on what is it that the people that I lead need from me and how can I provide that? And so when you talk about, for example, continuing your own growth, you may not publicize that and you may not see that as being you know, so different or so special, but the reality is it's what you invest in yourself all the time that ultimately allows you to produce those fantastic results that, you, that you're able to achieve on a regular basis. Am I getting that right? Absolutely. You said it better than I did. I'm not sure about that, but I really did get some inspiration from it. And so, Lolly, tell me a little bit more, if you can, as you're working with leaders, because I think leadership, it's fascinating. When I first started researching it, you know, the number of links, if you will, uh, or web pages and the searches that I found online, it, it's enormous. And there's constantly books being written about leadership. It's sort of like this topic that I feel we'll never fully grasp, we'll never fully understand, and we want to continue to understand and continue to work at it. And so what have you found in particular is a common myth associated with leadership? And how do you in your work aim to debunk that? So interestingly enough, I want to address what you first said, because people think leadership is this and that, I actually wrote a little ebook and it's the hundred def, I think it's like a thousand definitions or 500 definitions or a hundred definitions. I don't know. I wrote it many years ago about what leadership is, because if you ask 10 people what leadership is, you'll get 10 different answers, right? Yes. And so it's all of what you think it is and more. And it depends who you're asking. That's the kind of answer you'll get. So leadership is this broad brushstroke of who we are as a human being, as we learn about ourselves and how we learn to impact others. It's first in an internal discovery with an external, you know, accomplishment and achievement. So talking about some myths, there are a few myths that I've identified over the years that I find that sometimes people get confused and think, ah, this is leadership. 
So the first one that I've come up with is the myth of the entrepreneur leader. And sometimes it's very easy to assume the person that has a great idea, the person that is a visionary is the person that is the leader. But that's not necessarily so because as a leader, you need to be able to communicate. You need to be able to expand your focus on just your vision. It's about motivating people. It's about inspiring people. And it's not only about yourself, but it's about helping others to succeed. So just because you have a great idea doesn't make you a leader. So that's number one. Number two is, if you think about this, there's a difference between management and there's a difference between leader. Management is about doing processes, systems, and best practices. Leadership is about inspiration, influence, motivating, compelling. And the thing is, just because you're a manager doesn't mean you're a great leader. Just because you're really good at processing doesn't mean you're really good at bringing out passions from people. So don't assume that because you're a manager, ah, I'm a great leader. And that's very important because sometimes management gets confused with leadership. And sometimes at a, at a top level, people get promoted from management to being leaders and they think the skills that got them there is going to want to take them to the next level and be successful. And I say, no, no, no. Now you made it here. Now we have to learn new skills and grow new strengths. And it's not doing what got you here, but growing upon them. And so do you want me to, I have two more. Um, <laughs> Go right ahead. Go right ahead. Okay. And then you could ask me any question or you want me. Sure. So the next one is, you know, you think about a trailblazer, right? You think of the person that's ahead of the crowd, someone who is out there being loud and being boisterous. But the truth is, at the essence of true leadership, it's standing beside human being. It's helping people propel in front of you. It's almost like taking a back seat and telling the people that you work with, I have your back. It's not being in the front, being the loudest being the one who screams, being the one who has a lot to say, but no, it's encouraging others to speak up. It's encouraging others to feel empowered. So that's very, very important. And the last one is about just because you got promoted into position of leader, you think you are a leader. Your title, your position doesn't make you a leader. It's what you do and how you do it and who you are that makes you a leader. And that's very important to remember. Just because you made it to the top doesn't mean you're going to be a good leader. And these are some of the myths that I've identified as I've been coaching around the world. Beautiful. These are great. And I, I think each of these deserves a conversation unto itself. But I'm sort of thinking also about the work of Michael Gerber and the e-myth uh, you know, um, books that he's written. The idea that just because you're a great technician doesn't necessarily make you a manager and or a leader. I actually wrote a blog post about this not very long ago for Smart Brief on the concept of, are you a leader in technician's clothing? I'm sorry, a technician in leader's clothing, I think was the title, but it's the same kind of idea. And so what I'm hearing, Lolly, in particular, and, and tell me if I got this right, is that you know, in today's day and age with media, with social media, we tend to try to put, of course, our best foot forward and really uh, give off this impression that we're doing and that we're we're brilliant and we're achieving so much and we have all the hacks in the world that are going to make the difference. But what I'm hearing from you is that it's really 
almost most important to develop the behind the scenes element of leadership, what we might call servant leadership, the idea of supporting others, of not necessarily trying to seek the fame and the glory, but putting yourself and your team in position ultimately to succeed by harnessing their talents and helping others shine. It said beautifully, and I'd like to add on to that. Please. My company's called Lead From Within, and it has been that way for over three decades. So some people call this kind of leadership servant leadership, but I call it about the, it's about the leader that leads from within because the true leader is about influence. It's nothing more and nothing less because true leadership cannot be, you can't be awarded it. You can't be appointed or assigned. The true leader has to be earned and it is earned by your own inner self-discovery It's about your own inner personal success, but the true success is when you have those that follow you, because you could be a great person and you could be a nice person. You could be very qualified, but at the end of the day, if no one is following you, you're not really a leader. So there's one thing in what you just said and in some of the comments before, Lolly, that I'd like to probe a little further because it's something that I'm curious about and I have a feeling that other people listening to our conversation would be curious as well. We've spent a lot of time talking about knowing your, your inner self, so to speak, leading from within, developing your who and your identity. But I guess outside of, and I certainly want everybody to pick up Lolly's book and to read, you know, all of it in wisdom, but is there, is there a short version, some kind of, whether it's based on what we might call a scientific approach or perhaps some type of intuition that you could guide us to understand a little bit better? Like what are the questions perhaps, what are the thought processes that we should be engaging in that will help us better understand really who we are and what kind of leader we are and can become? What a great question. And we can spend hours on that. I had a feeling you'd say that. (laughs) But to, to take a very high elevated look at this question is at the end of the day, the who is based upon your character. And in order to, I'm actually giving a TED talk about this in New York City on March 24th, a TEDx talk at Lincoln Center. And the thing is, because people always ask me about leadership and how do you become that leader? And how do I know I can be the best version of myself? You must have an internal discovery about yourself before you can lead anybody else. You must know what's important to you. You must know what you want to stand for. You must know what you want to speak out about. And when you know that, to have the courage to tell others and to say, I will not tolerate this, but I will stand for this. I won't allow this to happen but I will allow this to happen. When you do that, any challenge that you have, any circumstances that you're in, any consequences that come along, the decision and the choice will be easy because you've defined for yourself the who and what you're about, the character of who you are. That is the most important homework that any human being can do. Because just to, just to be out in the world is difficult these days. There's so much that is happening. But if you know what you're about and who you are, you can take a stand. And we need individuals right now, the virtuous leaders to stand up and to bring their character to their humanness and to stand as a leader. Now more than ever, there's such a gap for leadership that we need leaders. So anybody listening here today, define your values, get like-minded people who have the same values with you 
and start a movement for the kind of leadership that there isn't right now. Wow. So, so powerful. I'm trying to make this as as practical and as applicable as I can in my own mind. And so I heard you talking about identifying your values. And I read about this in Becoming the New Boss as well. The idea of taking some type of values list, sort of working it down independently is with people, you know, members of your team as well. If you're talking about developing team or organizational values and sort of identifying what are the key pieces that are really critical for your identity, for your practice, all the things that you talked about, Lala. And so is that an approach that you would recommend or is there something else? Again, I just want to take it from the concept and really make it an actionable item that people could walk away with today as they're listening, you know, take their phone with them, go grab something online or some other tool and go through a process that can give them more clarity in this area. What would you suggest? So that's an exercise I used to do many years ago with my clients. You know, here's 300 words of values, pick the top 10, pick the top five. It's, it's an exercise I used to do. But the thing is, is that every value means the same word can mean different things to different people. And sometimes values have the same meaning, you know, respect and integrity. It all sometimes, which one should I be? And so that's why I wrote the leadership gap, because it identifies seven virtues. And these virtues show you exactly the process that if you tap into it, you become the person you are meant to be. And if you don't, there's a default and this is what happens. And I don't know how much time we have, but I just want to give you a little high lesson so people can understand. Identifying your values are so important because if you don't, we all fall into the default of a gap. So let's say one of my values is to be confident, to be the best version of myself. But most people think confidence, Naftali is saying affirmations, I'm great, I'm fantastic. That's not confidence. Confidence is your competence plus your capabilities equal your confidence. That means I'm a constant learner, I'm constantly curious, I'm constantly inquisitive, and I'm constantly taking myself to the next level. When I do that, I become confident. That's a virtue that we all need, not not overconfident, but confidence, a grace of confidence. But this is what happens, Naftali, if we come into a struggle, if we become overburdened, if we become challenged, most likely, and this I know for a fact because of my psychologist and I studied psychology and philosophy, this is what will happen. If we get overwhelmed, we will fall into the gap of feeling like the imposter who has self-doubt. The imposter syndrome is when we feel we're not good enough, smart enough, good enough to do the task at hand. And when that happens, we become this human being that has self-doubt and we don't show up. So the virtue is confidence because otherwise we fall into the gap of self-doubt. So this leads you, this almost gives you the blueprint of who you need to be. You can make a list of 300 values. You can break it down to five and to four and to three and to two and to one. But the fact is, learn these seven and see how they play out in your life. Because if you're not going for greatness, most likely you'll be in the gap. What an awesome answer. And again, everybody absolutely needs to get their hands on the leadership gap. What gets between you and your greatness by our fantastic guest, Lolly Daskal. We're, of course, going to have the link in our show notes as well as other information. I have one last question for you, Lolly, in this segment before we pivot. And the question is as follows. We talked about before, obviously... You, you've done tremendous work. You're you're very busy. You're writing. Uh, you're getting on podcasts. All sorts of things. 
Let's talk for a moment about the other side of leadership, which I know you alluded to earlier when you talked about all those professionals in that in that conference, which I think led to that first executive coaching uh, engagement that you described. And I'm talking specifically about balance. So how do you balance your various roles? How do you make sure that they each get the time and attention that they deserve and still find some time for yourself to unwind and, and, and just be yourself? So Naftali, number one, I don't believe in balance because there's no such thing. Life has a way of throwing you curveballs all the time. The only thing that I do and the best practice that I came up with, because there is a lot on my plate, is the ritual of being present. No matter what I am doing in any given moment, I bring the best of myself to that moment. Right now, I'm fully engaged with talking to you 110%. When I get off this podcast, I will be talking to my client. I'll be fully engaged talking to my client and their circumstances. Being present, being in the moment is the biggest gift that you can give yourself because it's not so much about, as all of us know, it's not the quantity, it's the quality. And I try to bring the best quality to those moments. Awesome. I think certainly I can feel you being present in our conversation. And that's a great final point in that first uh, segment of Lead to Succeed. The idea that no matter what you do, you are going to be inundated with a variety of responsibilities and competing uh, elements that uh, really are vying for your attention at all times. But if you can really focus, you know, the notion today of multitasking, I think, is really sold us a bag of goods. And I think so many people have suffered because they feel that they need to be multitasking, responding to a variety of things. And I know it hurt me personally as a school leader a number of years ago, where I was trying to be responsive to a variety of constituents while still being sitting in a classroom or sitting in a meeting or whatever it might have been. And I think everybody felt ultimately that I wasn't doing what I needed to do because I wasn't 100% present for them that the way that they needed to uh, to have. And, uh, and that's a really a beautiful, powerful lesson. I thank you, Lolly, for sharing that. So now we're going to lift the curtain, engage in our rapid fire segment in which we ask some short answer questions, some, uh, you know, some fun things to get to know you a little bit better as a person. And again, as I talked about before in bio, you talked about a number of different languages that you speak and engage with. Which of those from your experience is the easiest to learn and speak? English was the hardest language to learn for me, to be honest. It's not my first language. So my first language is Yiddish, and that is my home language. I dream in Yiddish. I, it's where I go to. I find when I'm challenged, I start to say numbers in Yiddish. Uh, Yiddish is my first language. Interesting. A place in the Eastern Hemisphere that every North American should visit. <laughs> it's it's interesting because it gets me through in the Dutch country. It gets me through Germany. It gets me. It's an interesting language that really helps me in all the other countries. Uh huh. Super. So you visit a lot. Is there any place in particular outside of North America that you think every North American should visit? Absolutely. In the Netherlands, Maastricht. Mm. If you want to see heaven on earth, don't go to the north. Go to the south of the Netherlands. Amsterdam is great. Visit Anne Frank's, uh, you know, home, sure. but go go south, go south, because every fairy tale book that you've ever read with the rolling hills and the beautiful mountains uh-huh. and the sunsets is, I think, from the Dutch country land. I really do. Beautiful. It's absolutely Maastricht is stunning. I'm going to absolutely look it up, although I have to make sure I spell it correctly. If you could plaster a message on a massive billboard, what would it say? This is what I say to a nauseam, and I say this to every coaching client. Your greatness isn't a function of your circumstances. Your greatness lies within the power to leverage your gaps. Beautiful. 
And that's what I feel. That's what life's about. That was an awesome, inspiring uh, piece. And before we wrap up, I'm going to pass the baton to you, so to speak. Lolly, let uh, Lead to Succeed Nation know a little bit more about how they could reach you. Anything else you wanted to share about your work? You can reach me at my website, lollydaskell.com, and you can connect with me through there. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. I write an article a day for Inc., so you can follow me on Inc., My blog post is every Tuesday. I look forward to connecting to any single person that is looking to embrace their greatness. Unbelievable. If I can, you've left us with so much already, so I almost feel greedy in asking this question, but I do typically end by asking our guests for one final leadership lesson, and I hope that I can ask that of you as well. The leadership lesson is is that leadership is hard. It's going to have good days and it's going to have bad days. But if what we identified here today, if you can identify the who of who you are and your virtues, anything that life throws at you will be something that you can handle. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Lolly. I've learned a tremendous amount, and I was going to mention this before, but one another reason I started this podcast is just to be able to engage with great people and to learn from them and to understand more about how they became who they are today. So it's really been a tremendous opportunity for me personally, and I know that Lead to Succeed Nation is going to be super excited to hear, or at this point has already been excited to hear all of your wisdom. And uh, thank you again for inspiring us today with your thoughts and uh, with your journey and your story. Thank you. Today's leadership quote is from Ray Kroc. The quality of a leader is reflected in the standards they set for themselves. Thanks so much for listening to this episode and for investing in yourself so that you could lead to succeed. Before you go, don't forget to head over to impactfulcoaching.com where you could sign up for our blog, download a free leadership ebook, and so much more. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.